He wore fancy clothing, while most of the others wore black. There will be chaos, Tigzik continued, because so many people move through the palace tonight, but there will also be danger. Many, many bodyguards and a likelihood of suspicion on all sides. Tigzik was an aging fellow and was the only one at the group Lyft knew well. She couldn't say his name. That cock sound on the end of his name sounded like choking when someone pronounced it correctly. She just called him Tig instead. Tigzik, Hukin said. Yep, choking. You were the one who suggested this. Don't tell me you're getting cold now. I'm not backing down. I'm pleading caution. Lyft leaned down over the wall toward them. Less arguing, she said. Let's move. I'm hungry. Hukin looked up. Why did we bring her along? She'll be useful, Tigzik said. You'll see. She's just a child. She's a youth. She's at least twelve. I ain't twelve, Lyft snapped, looming over them. They turned up toward her. I ain't, she said. Twelve's an unlucky number. She held up her hands. I'm only this many. Ten? Tigzik asked. Is that how many that is? Sure then, ten. She lowered her hands. If I can't count it on my fingers, it's unlucky. And she'd been that many for three years now. So there. Seems like there are a lot of unlucky ages, Hukin said, sounding amused. Sure are, she agreed. She scanned the grounds again, then glanced back the way they had come, into the city. A man walked down one of the streets leading to the palace. His dark clothing blended into the gloom, but his silver buttons glinted each time he passed a streetlight. Storms, she thought, a chill running up her spine. I didn't lose him after all. She looked down at the men. Are you coming with me or not? Because I'm leaving. She slipped over the top and dropped into the palace yards. Lift squatted there, feeling the cold ground. Yep, it was metal. Everything was bronze. Rich people, she decided, loved to stick with a theme. As the boys finally stopped arguing and started climbing, a thin, twisting trail of vines grew out of the darkness and approached lift. It looked like a little stream of spilled water picking its way across the floor. Here and there, bits of clear crystal peeked out of the vines, like sections of quartz in otherwise dark stone. Those weren't sharp, but smooth like polished glass, and didn't glow with stormlight. The vines grew super fast, curling about one another in a tangle that formed a face. Mistress, the face said. Is this wise? Hello, Voidbringer, Lyft said, scanning the grounds. I am not a Voidbringer, he said, and you know it. Just, just stop saying that. Lyft grinned. You're my pet, Voidbringer, and no lies are going to change that. I got you captured. No stealing souls now. We ain't here for souls. Just a little thievery, the type what never hurt nobody. 
The vine face, he called himself Windle, sighed. Lift scuttled across the bronze ground over to a tree that was, of course, also made of bronze. Hukin had chosen the darkest part of night between moons for them to slip in, but the starlight was enough to see by on a cloudless night like this. Wendell grew up to her, leaving a small trail of vines that people didn't seem to be able to see. The vines hardened after a few moments of sitting, as if briefly becoming solid crystal. Then they crumbled to dust. People spotted that on occasion, though they certainly couldn't see Wendell himself. I'm a spren, Wendell said to her. Part of a proud and noble hush, Lift said, peeking out from behind the bronze tree. An open-topped carriage passed on the drive beyond, carrying some important Azish folk. You could tell by the color.